When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you oughta, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom, Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network. Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast. We got Megan, we got Eric, we got Rudo coming to you live on an Avalanche off day. Going to talk a little bit of uh, lineup and roster management for the Avs today. But before we get into all of that, some news of the day, starting with the Avs news. Nathan McKinnon named first star of the week. Ten points in four games, I think it was. Uh, Pretty, pretty good for a guy that... uh, Let me ask you this. Does Nathan McKinnon get to 100 points this year? Boy, Megan, ladies first, go ahead, but I'll jump right after. I think that he does, and the league should be afraid when he says that the game has slowed down for him. (laughs) He has evolved beyond (laughs) hockey, and now it's too easy. (laughs) No, I do think he gets to that point. He mentioned to taking care of himself away from the ice, which he always has set that standard. But it sounds like he's implemented more things uh, into his wellness away from the rink that he thinks can point to some of the success he's having lately. And he was able to pull off the 100-point season last year, and he's only added more to, to build upon. So I think that's why he continues to move forward with a lot of steam. If uh, if you add up all of his 22-mile-per-hour bursts, it might equal the speed of light. So that's why everything's slowing light. down around <laughs> him. <right? laughs> I mean, he's... I thought he was average. Uh, you know, 10 games ago, 10 games yeah. ago, 15 games ago. And when I say average, it's to his standard, obviously. which is still I a point per game. <laughs> that's yeah, he, he, exactly. That's my point. <laughs> Gosh, I was, I was like that, but, um, he has turned that into, we used the word yesterday, what an, an assassin or yeah. he, he's absolutely just murdering the opposition. He's. He makes it look easy, like Megan said. He makes it look like it's slow out there, like he mentioned. Uh, but he's totally dominating, and he's bringing down, you know, people into the fight with him. He's uh, he's making people better around him. Uh, it's it's weird that Miko went in that stretch there, like of games without yep. scoring, when this guy's been all over the place. It's been it was weird, <laughs> like it was a weird coincidence. Um, but he has been the best player in the league probably this past month, right? Forget about this first star this week. Um, he David's just, been pretty good, but... Yeah, I don't know. It's <laughs> been awesome. 
he takes oh you you can see first shift of the game second shift of the game he just takes off and then you're like oh yeah yeah it's on tonight you know what i mean like yep. you can tell when he's and he's human some days it's it's tough and we all know that there's a lot of ice time it's a lot of mileage on a on a player but he does take care of himself like we just said and um hey listen he's so important to this team and people are like well without mckinnon well no no crap like you know what i mean like without me it's like anybody else right you know yep. without your superstar sometimes it's like uh but he's been awesome he's been uh it feels like he wants another one. He wants another championship, and he's certainly playing at this level right now. A lot of good points there. I want to ask you, though. Have you ever had that moment in an NHL game where it all slows down for you and everything no, comes together? No, I'd like to tell you that, uh, <laughs> you know, in my career, there was games that it slowed down. It never did. It got faster and faster and faster. So... <laughs> No kudos to me, but... Uh, it's tough to be an NHL player, man. <laughs> woof. It is so fast nowadays. I tell people all the time, like, well, Megan gets to be in the press box every night. Like, there's got to be a time, and, and I've told you before, and I'll say it again, like, leave at the start of the third and just make your way down there. Go by the Zamboni <laughs> and go watch it at ice level. It's so fast. It yep. is crazy. You tend to forget how good the guys are and how fast the speed of this game is, and... And for him to say a comment like that, that the game is slow, and that's, that's an assassin comment. That's, yeah. that's what I mean. <laughs> Takes uh, superhuman levels uh, yep. for Nathan McKinnon to get there. The other side of that, though, you kind of mentioned it. Even on the nights where maybe Nathan McKinnon it doesn't have the production, doesn't have a four-point night like he did the other night, you can see the work is there. Yeah, he makes bad mistakes sometimes, but there isn't the... I don't want to call it lack of effort because I don't think that's what it is, but there's the that extra gear, that extra jump that McKinnon throws in the game, and I think it stands out in big contrast to when someone like Miko Rantanen has an off game, and he can disappear a little bit at times. Uh, Megan, obviously we've seen Miko rebound. I'm sure Ismo Lekkinen gets a lot of credit for that, <laughs> but... Is there a little bit of, of McKinnon and Rantanen feeding off of each other? Miko sees McKinnon starting to take off a little bit and, and kind of jumps on the train too? Absolutely. And you could see it was coming for Miko too. There was an individual sense of pressure. Like there were some games where Bednar pretty not covertly called out Miko Rantanen <laughs> specifically, yep. saying that he needed more from his stars and Nathan McKinnon wasn't who he was talking about. Yep. <laughs> but he also went on to say that Rantanen feels badly about the way things are going he's feeling the pressure and he wants to be better and there was a, a tinge of sympathy in how Bednar talked about it because Miko Rantanen wanted to be better he didn't really need external motivators but having a teammate like Nathan McKinnon who sets that example makes it hard to lag behind and I think that this was a problem that was affecting that top line specifically but in some of those games they allowed the pressure of who they are and what their role is on this team to cause them to maybe make riskier plays yeah. that went out of alignment with how they're meant to play and the type of hockey that brings them the most success. They're still highly skilled players who should make skilled plays, but they were taking risks, I think, because they were feeling the pressure. This was especially true of Rantanen, who was turning over the puck mm -hmm. more than you're used to seeing because mm -hmm. he's such an apt puck handler usually, but it was unlike him. And I think just returning to his identity 
And having Nathan McCann, Nathan McKinnon as a role model there was really helpful to get Rantanen back on track. And even Val Nichushkin has been playing really he well has. up there with them. The NHL put out a funny stat today from December 11th to 17th that Rantanen and McKinnon are the duo who has scored the most points. And it's such a funny range of time for that stat. <laughs> but also, I definitely believe it. Oh, definitely. <laughs> they, they, are, they are fully capable of being that good. And it, it, it does feel as you were saying like a classic case of maybe trying to do a little bit too much obviously Miko has a couple of goals in the last few has started to feel it again so yeah and Miko's so different right Miko's more like the moose right so he's he's so powerful in the corner and Miko's not so much the speed it's more like overpowering in his body the shot yeah where where Nate if Nate's not going <laughs> it's pretty noticeable you know what I mean because you know, sure. you know, the beep, beep, you know, you know the roadrunner, that's what he does, right? He just goes and he takes out the puck and tick, 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 and he's gone, right? So you can see if Nate McKinnon is under the weather one game or whatever, you can see it right away. You're like, oh, boy, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's it's noticeable on the screen. Joel Sackett used to be like that. He'd come <laughs> in the video room and go like, can you see me through the screen right now? Like, yeah, yeah, you're flying. You know what I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Even though he wasn't, you know, what I mean? like you're like, oh, you can tell. Are you trying to pump him up a little bit? Because that's their games based on yeah. speed, right? And they, they and if they get announced in their head that they're not, oh, they're not going, then it's totally different. But yeah, I mean, well, it's kind of. I mean, there's a confidence factor there too, right? 100%. It, it, you yeah. aren't making those plays, and it just kind of spirals and spirals of you continue to make the stupid plays because you're just like, I don't know. Here's my point, and I've said it before. Skill guys, guys like superstar skill guys, obviously, they need to feel the puck. Yep. So, And the Avs are successful all the time because they're a puck possession team, and, and their superstars have a knack to make plays, have a knack to feel the puck. So you start the game yesterday on a back-to-back. It's the worst thing they could have done. Not the Avalanche, yeah. but what's his name? Uh, uh, San Jose and McDonald. He goes, you know, give him five minutes. Double agent, yeah. you know, <laughs> double agent working for the other yeah, team. That's the best thing he could have done. That's yeah. the worst <laughs> thing he could have done for his team, but the best thing for the Avalanche. Now you yeah. got a five-minute power play. Absolute dog shit power play. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> The first four minutes, yeah, But they touched bad. the puck. They felt the puck. And then all of a sudden, they're like, oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like, wake up. And then uh, 30 seconds, you know, whatever it was, they score a goal, which is huge. But, And that's my point. When you feel the puck, you, 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 and usually on the power play, that's when you get to do those things a lot more easy than, yep. you know, Nate carries the puck in. That means he's got the slingshot, then he takes it, and then he goes through the, you know, the entry, and then you, you, you know if he's going to be on or not. I think <laughs> he got the, the bugs out the first four minutes, and after that, it's like, okay, I've touched the puck, now let's just carry it on. That's how he gets a four-point night. Simple game sometimes. That's it. I think the special teams can really offer a diagnosis for what's going on with the team at times. And the power play was sort of a glimpse for what was going wrong with some of the top six as a whole. Yep. It, I think it's a great point. I think we'll probably get into that a little bit more. But before we do uh, the NHL news on the day, uh, the Ottawa Senators firing DJ Smith uh, and hiring Jacques Martin. Uh, who returns technically to Ottawa. Retread. There's a 20-year gap in there just about, <laughs> but technically it is a retread. Eric, yep. you're good friends with Jacques. Yeah, <laughs> nice man. No, nice man. Like I think People don't realize that he was an Avalanche here, right? Came from Quebec, was yep. assistant coach here the 96 year. Uh, takes the job maybe the second month of the season when uh, Ottawa, I don't remember. Actually, I do remember. 
Allison was his last name, gets fired. Uh, and then Jacques takes over, and he had a great run with Ottawa. And then Jacques Cloutier came from uh, Cornwall at the time that year, or they weren't in Hershey yet, the, the American League team for the Avs, and then takes over. And then, obviously, the rest is history, 96 Avs, right? But Jacques Martin, good guy, good coach. Uh, but, you know, somewhere, somehow, you just said it. Like, you know, for me, uh, if I'm the Ottawa Senators, you got a new GM, well... President of Hockey Operations, Steve Steos, whatever, what a month ago, right? Call that a GM because they let go of the It's GM. just titles, yeah. Title, yeah. Now you're moving on from DJ Smith, a former Av player, awesome team guy. You're talking about a awesome guy. Uh, I always remember we told him coming back on a flight that he had made the team, but we made it look like 2 in the morning like he was actually being sent down. <laughs> and then he had to call his parents right after. And you're talking about pay phones. He had to yeah. use a pay phone call. He was so pumped. You know what I mean? It was unreal. <laughs> Tears in his eyes. He's a good guy. He's a heart and soul guy. Um, so now he's gone. And, and now I, I'm not questioning new ownership. Then they're bringing him back, out. Daniel Alfredson, as an assistant coach. I love Alfie, one of the greatest Honestly, Swedish-born players that I play with, like a leader, a good person, uh, what an outstanding player he was. Uh, but but and nothing against Jacques or whatever. But for me, you got a guy that's playing golf in Florida, that's got his cell phone charged, like him or not, Avalanche people or whatever. What he you know, the way he exited was wrong. I think he'll be the first guy to admit that. Is number thirty-three. You're talking about a winner. I don't understand how you don't call that guy. Again, I'm going to bring the, the language in there, bilingual. <laughs> uh, you know, they have a big following, obviously, on the border of Quebec and you yeah. know, Ottawa's right there. You have a four, what is it, four-time Stanley Cup winner, a, a winner, four, a guy that's coached in the NHL, a coach, a, a guy that's coached in junior hockey for 15, 20 years, that's been on the 18-hour bus rides with his staff, put in the work. Yeah. As acknowledged that he made a mistake the way, and it worked out great. It worked out great for Jared Bednar. Not that year, the 48-point season, right. you know, but it's worked out great. The Avalanche are one of the premier franchises in the NHL now. They have a cup. All, you know, it's all good. Now, this guy's right there, and you don't call him? I'm just baffled, honestly, because for me, today's generation is a little different than back then, and I'm not comparing, judging. You evolve with time. Petro is a winner. And it looks to me like the players in Ottawa need a guy like that to come in and see what it's like to win. See what it's like to conduct yourself every day. Forget about the X's and O's, and that's not even important. But how are you a leader? How do you become a winner? And for me, I would be calling, but it doesn't sound like, doesn't sound like they called him because he'd be there. Yeah. It's... He made so much sense for the job. It he did. Does. He really, really did for that Ottawa job. Uh, it just does. Let me ask you to this. And I, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here, yeah, but it's yeah. fine. Uh, come October 2024, does Patrick Waugh have a job in the NHL? I'll let you go. I think that's more realistic. I don't know what's going to come of the, whatever happens next for Ottawa. But even beyond just Ottawa, yeah, I'm trying to think about clubs that have had lower than expectation seasons. And I don't want to call out any out specifically, but there are some that have surprised me that I thought were going to perform better through this point in the season and haven't. So 2024, I, I could see that being an opportunity to give Patrick Wall a call. 
hundred percent for me. Like I'm, like I said, I'm biased. Um, I don't know. Use a team like Toronto. They're doing awesome. They're right there. But if they don't win the Stanley Cup this year, is that a bust? Like, I don't know. Somewhere, somehow, like they've already kept Keith once. Maybe they keep uh, him forever. I, I don't know. It feels like it can't. It can't be. Yeah, right. And I'm not here because I want someone to get fired. That's not what I'm saying. No. But, I'm, but I'm saying is, there are a lot of places where they could use a guy like that. The guy eats, breathes hockey. He just does. Um, that's his life. And has recent success. Uh, yeah, I, I just won the Memorial Cup yeah, last year. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Knows how to deal with the younger generation. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's been dealing with junior hockey. You know, <laughs> obviously won the Jack Adams in the end. Whether Varley was awesome that year doesn't matter. He still did it. Still a Jack Adams winner. Yeah. Um, has he acknowledged that he made a mistake? Yeah, I think he went public at the start of the <laughs> season saying, "Yeah, I'm, you know, I wish I could have handled things differently." You know, and I didn't. Uh, but now it's like, okay, we're gonna put him on a hockey jail now because of, of that like for me then get over yourself and you know what i mean like listen i like i said i go back because i'm biased because i've known him forever and uh, if you ask me as a player forget about as a coach because it's stuff the the, the the tough question for a coach but you have to pick one player in my career like that i played with and you have to go win one game that's my guy that's yeah. my guy yeah. because yeah. he's going to give you everything he's got and he's going to be a factor in the right way. And then so it translates as coaching as yeah. well. You know what I mean? And I, I just I, I think it's a no brainer for someone to pick up the phone and call this guy and get him in the fold. Look I, at Jim Montgomery, somebody mm-hmm. who has had bumps along the way in his sure. career and has received second opportunity after demonstrating rehabilitation. And he's the type of guy that players like to rally around and win. And I see something, a similar quality in Wah. And I think that he would be somebody that a team wants to rally around and play very hard for. Yep. Butchie Cassidy. You guys are too young. Back then. <laughs> I, I remember you. I was playing. <laughs> <laughs> was, uh, they hired him in, in uh, Washington. Everybody was like, wow, what is that? You know what I mean? Like, what is that? You know, like, oh, it didn't go well. You know what I mean? Yep. And he learned, and he and he went back, and he went to American League for another 10 years or whatever it was, a dozen years. And then George McPhee, you know, uh, obviously Boston went, you know, went and got him. But I'm saying last year they win the Stanley Cup. George McPhee's like, okay, this is not the same guy that I hired back then. You know what I mean? Yep. And and now being president of hockey operations for, for Vegas, they go and get him, obviously, haven't had success in Boston, but they knew they could win with him, and they certainly, that's what they did. They won. Yep. It, I, this conversation goes far beyond Patrick Juan, too. Oh, absolutely. I, I know you've talked a lot about Joe Sacco yep. as a potential guy who, who could get back into the head coaching market. There are other names out there. I do want to talk about this on a broader scale in a little bit. But first, we are brought to you by Bet365. You can go over to Bet365 and use the DNVR365 code to get your bets in and amazing boosts. Today, maybe you think uh, the firing of DJ Smith will get Ottawa back in the playoff picture. I bet you can get good odds on that right now over at Bet365. Or maybe you think they're going to collapse and get uh, Macklin Celebrini. You can also mm-hmm. you can bet on that side of it, too. See if they uh, they fall out to the bottom. Either way. Bet365 has all of your NHL bets covered. They've got all the other sports, too. Whatever it is you want to bet on, you can parlay them together to get a bunch of awesome boosts. You can do whatever you want. Make sure you use that DNBR365 code when you get the Bet365 app today. 
And of course, you must be 21 or older and physically located in Colorado. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call or text 1-800-GAMBLER today. Then when you win a couple of extra bucks, do what Eric was talking about earlier. Go to game time, get yourself some tickets, and go watch some super fast hockey in person because it's dope in person. Uh, when you sign up with game time and use the DNVR code, you'll get $20 off your first purchase of tickets and you'll get the best prices anywhere at game time when it comes to tickets they're so confident if you find cheaper prices elsewhere they will reimburse you 110 percent of the ticket price on your game time account so go get the best prices go use game time join over 15 million people that have used game time to get your tickets you can find a link down in the description to get their app right now second period of the dnvr avalanche podcast i wanted to bring up this situation with the coach and Wah and maybe Sacco because of this. In the last calendar year, as we're coming to the end of 2023, there have been 10 new head coaches hired in the NHL. Compare that to with now the firing of DJ Smith, there are only six head coaches that were hired before 2020. One of those is Jared Bednar. And I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. What does it take to become a head coach like Jared Bednar, a head coach like John Cooper? Those two obviously have Stanley Cups backing up their name. Mike Sullivan in Pittsburgh, another one who has Stanley Cup backing up their name. But you also have guys like Sheldon Keefe, who has found a way to stay in Toronto. A Todd McClellan in Los Angeles, who's been there for a little bit now. A Rod Brindamore in Carolina. What does it take for a coach to establish themselves, not just as a long-term NHL coach, but with one franchise? Sorry, I was trying to think about um, something Keith Jones talked about, the patience that's required as an organization when you have a new coach and the results aren't necessarily immediate, especially given the window that a team is in, like in Philadelphia specifically in a rebuild, what is the expectation then for for now? Second year coach after a difficult first year. And I'm just trying to remember his answer, but I'm thinking for Jared Bednar specifically too. I think it's a similar thing that there has to be an unwavering commitment to identity and culture, an unwavering sense of what that is, how to execute it, because the results won't be immediate. You have to have trust in what that is then Mm -hmm. because you're building towards it. And then with Jared Bednar and the longevity, because I think now he's the second longest tenured coach behind Cooper. Correct. And it's not by accident. Jared Bednar had to have a lot of patience. Oh, you're right. You're right. My bad. Sullivan is second. Bednar third. My bad. Bednar third. Yeah. My bad. But but you're you're spot on if you want to continue. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's it's patience. And the other thing too that I wonder, and I think we'll be seeing now too, is some evolution too. Like I think there has to be an unwavering commitment to identity, but also the ability to adapt because we're looking at an avalanche team that is in a significantly better place than they were last December. Mm-hmm. But adaptation has certainly still been required, mm-hmm. especially in this cap era where you can't keep the 2022 cup team forever. There are changes and new personnel that are brought on and a good coach is able to manage those changes, even when it maybe isn't necessarily ideal. And I think that's what we're seeing. And it's going to be a real test of Jared Bednar's strengths as a coach, but I also have a lot of trust in him because of what he was able to bring this team to from that 48-point season. And it's being able to work with some of the new players 
you know, they're coming in too and they're newly being integrated into this culture. And I think that's why some of the results have been slower and it's not to solely blame the new players, but there have been habits in their game that aren't necessarily bad habits, they're just different, that have needed to be broken so that they can fit the culture and the identity of the Avs. And I think that's why we're seeing some amount of success for Duren lately as he started to shed some of his mm -hmm. old habits yep. and get on board with the way the Avs need to play hockey. And it is a way that also complements the way that he likes to play. But there's some growing pains, and Jared Bednar's ability to navigate those changes will be what makes a coach stick in the NHL, I think, for the long term. And I think it's all about relationships built, too, in your career, whether you were a player for that organization, whether you were a coach in the minors or an assistant coach, or, right? And then opportunity knocks, right? You know, so... Uh, sometimes it is your turn. Sometimes you have to wait longer for your turn to come. And um, I do believe luck has a lot to do with it. Look at Jared Bednar. Patrick Quad blows a gasket, you know, yeah. wrong timing, leaves. Opportunity knocks for Jared Bednar. Why? There's a relationship built with C-Mac back then, mm -hmm. you know, when he was in Columbus and he's in the minors in Columbus. And, you know, that's kind of how it works, right? It's life. People say, like, oh, hockey. Actually, every... Down the street right now, every office building, every law office, every restaurant, every I mean, it's about opportunity. I mean, relationships you've built. Yep. If you're an a-hole and you know nobody, <laughs> well, no one's gonna call you. I mean, that's just the way it is, right? That's how so, it works. Yep. That's how it works. It's life, you know. So, I think it's about that. I think it's about opportunities, and I think it's about adapting, like you guys just mentioned, and learning. For example, my good friend Rick Tockett. It doesn't get more old school than Rick Tockett. It does not. Like he is, That's, he would fight his grandma to win. You know what I mean? Like he's nuts. But I remember talking to him a couple of years ago with, with, with Phoenix and everything. And he's saying, you got to adapt. You know what I mean? You have to adapt to this generation. It's not the same as it used to be. You have to surround yourself with good people. Um, I praise Jared Bernard. I'm, I'm a big fan. Um, was I susceptible a little bit at the start back then? Absolutely. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. And you're talking about patience and stuff. I condemn Joe for the patience that he had. And maybe a lot of people on earth would have pressed the eject button, right? You know Just ask mean? our chat. I mean, <laughs> right, but true. You know, and Joe, I We condemn, love you, chat. You know what I mean? But Joe, Joe took his time. And, and that's why when you see him win the Stanley Cup, the emotions, you know, Bednar, it's like, yep. oh, my God. And, and thank you for believing in me and, you know, keeping me on. It's awesome. Um, but... Listen, you, you have to have a belief system and you have to adapt and you have to surround yourself. And, and Bednar's done that here. Nolan Pratt doesn't get a lot of credit. You don't hear his name a lot, but he's done a fantastic job. We talked about it yesterday with the Ds that he gets over the last few years. Sometimes it's like, wow, they won with that decor tonight. You know what I mean? Yeah, the, the goalie was good or whatever it is, but Nolan Pratt, Ray Bennett, uh, you know, Brett in the video room. That's it's 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 a unison. It's a teamwork, yep. and they work well with management. Yep. And sometimes you see. I mean, just look at Vancouver last year. Did they get more dysfunctional than you know? What's his name? You know, uh, uh, Bruce behind. You know, Bruce. Here it is behind the bench. Oh, Bruce. Yeah, firing and, him a and, month before they actually fire and Jimmy, him. Jimmy. Yeah. You know, Rutherford up top. And I mean, did it get more? dysfunctional in that like it's so it bad. bad like it it's bad. so hard and then the players feel that so there has to be some sort of 
Unison, whatever the word is in French, whatever it is. <laughs> Just say the French Connection, word. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's got to be in sync, right? Yep. You know, like yep. Justin Timberlake, in sync. Um, so well, if you wasn't get... Wasn't he a Backstreet Boy? No, no, he's in sync, buddy. Okay. Are you kidding me? I, I don't remember who Come was on, in man. What. I actually never could tell the difference. The, yeah. I was a pop star girl. <laughs> I like Christina and Britney. There we go. Now yes. we're talking my language. <laughs> and then Beckham's wife, what's her name there? Uh, Posh Spice. Well, yeah. Spice Girl. Spice yep. Girl. So, anyway, so there's got to be uh, a connection there and I think that these the, the abs have it with C-Mac and Joe and then with the coaching yep. staff is a trust factor. I think they know what to expect from one another. I think the players know what to expect. That is so important. And the leadership group knows what to expect. It, I love that both of you brought up it's more than just the coach. It's the entire front office as, as an organization. And you look at the opportunity given to Jonathan Druin, and you look at the Avs moving on from Tomas Tatar. And that's not to say Jonathan Druin has been 10 times better than Tatar. He hasn't been. There are plenty of holes in Druin's game. But what the Avs as an organization saw in Druin was something that fits the Avs and they sure. can make work. As sure. opposed to Tatar, where, let's be honest, at times it felt like he got a little bit lost in the lineup and the Avs didn't really know what to do with him. That's hockey. That's how you have to work your way through building a successful hockey team. And we'll get into it in the third period on how the Avs take what they have and, and continue to build that. But when it comes to Bednar and Sackick and McFarland, I think it's really hard to fault these guys when it comes to understanding who the Colorado Avalanche are as a hockey team. And if you don't have that, you're not going to build a winner. I think it, with coaching and everything that we're talking about, requires a willingness to evolve. And I even point back to dismantling what was originally believed to be the core and Duchesne and O'Reilly and recognizing that Landeskog represented the future of what this team needed to be. And I think that has a lot to do with it because there does have to be a willingness to evolve. And sometimes that means parting ways with players who didn't fit the vision. And I think that in a smaller example, Tomash Tatar just didn't quite fit the vision for this year and the yep. direction that they're headed. And it was mutual. Like, yep. I don't think for he sure. was getting his best hockey out of himself either. And I, you know, I wish him the best in Seattle too, but those are some tough decisions that the front office has to make. And Jared Bednar, it's not that he's only as good as his players, but there has to be trust in what the front office is going to provide him in terms of personnel too. Yep. And that's why I hope there's a willingness for the organization to continue to evolve. And I believe that there is. And to, to go back to Tatar, like, don't think the player doesn't know it either. Oh, they, and that's part he probably the, knows it better than anyone. That's the problem because now you're starting to feel it and you're like, well, if I don't produce, I'm Gonzo. And I came here because I bet on myself. I'm going to play with one of these guys or whoever it is that I'm going to play with. I'm going to sign a lower-end deal. I'm going to go back and I'll score 25. And then I'm going to end up signing my last deal for, I don't know, I'm using a number. Three times three, whatever. Okay. The Erod deal. Whatever. whatever. There you yeah. go. Perfect. Yeah, like Erod. Yeah, bet mm. on himself last year. Yeah. This, this one... He, he's starting to miss empty nets. He's starting to whiff. He's starting to get like now I creeps up into your nerves and your game. And then all of a sudden you're not yourself. And then you're like, I'm done. I'm toasted. <laughs> and, and that's exactly what happened. And I think we had talked about it maybe two games before. Like, well, yeah. when do you when is the experience over? Yep. And, and I think the magical number was probably 20. And then at 20, you start making phone calls. Hey, 
anybody interested in Thomas Tatar. You yeah. know what I mean? And and then you get a couple people calling you back, and next thing you know, a few games later, he's gone. And like we said, we wish him the best. Great person, um, a good player, just not a fit. And yep. fit is a big word in a lineup. Fit is a big word. Yep. And uh, the question going forward is how do the Avs make these pieces fit? Now, obviously... This is a particularly complicated question for the Colorado Avalanche because you have Nikolai Kovalenko potentially coming over later this year. You have injuries to guys like Arturi Lekin and Sam Girard that you expect back at some point, even if you're not sure if that's three weeks from now or ten weeks from now. And then you have the Gabe Landeskog situation, which no expectations there, but, you know, you get to... a conference finals and maybe that guy wants to see how that knee's doing so there are a lot of pieces already there and then you look at the guys that are actually in their lineup we've seen a whole bunch of shuffling particularly with ryan johansson and trying to find a fit for him in the lineup megan you were talking about it bednar has not been shy to uh to talk about trying to find that situation a a good spot i think it's been maybe a reflection of one of his strengths as a coach is trying to work with Ryan Johansson and what his vision is for that second line. It starts with the ice time of Ross Colton surpassing Ryan Johansson's. And quite frankly, that third line's minutes started to read more like a second line. And I think the changes now are starting to reflect maybe a different evaluation of how these lines stack up. And initially, you know, Jared Bednar had a pretty answer about how he doesn't have to reconcile the ice. The players that deserve more minutes get more minutes. And it's a pretty scathing thing to say about Ryan Johansson, (laughs) you know, tongue in cheek. And it it makes sense, though. It Part of it has, I don't think that Ryan Johansson has had the line mates he needs. Um, And part of that is also a shortcoming of Ryan Johansson, though. He and Bednar admitted to why putting Cagliano and O'Connor with him brought him some amount of success and it's because they're workers mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Ryan Johansson needs to be alongside players who are going to retrieve pucks and you look at how the goal he does score gets scored and it's from pressure applied behind the net from OC yep. Ocagliano sends a puck on net it goes wide Jones picks it up and Ryan Johansson is able to clean up that rebound yep. it's not to accuse him of anything like being less committed but he does require that in a line mate and it's tough because you know those aren't necessarily what you're always going to have available to you on a second line um and so i think that it, it just it's interesting how i think he views ryan johansson in the lineup i don't know that he has quite earned total trust the way that other players have so far through this point and perhaps the solution is he is playing more third line minutes and with guys who have third line habits and if that continues to work as what what we saw last night, I'm happy to see those adjustments get made because it, it also played to the strength of Juan, I think, having Wood and yep. Colton. I yep. loved O'Connor yep. with Wood and Colton, but I think that Juan's game was elevated playing with Wood and Colton. And we, so that's a great thing from Bednar to, to reevaluate the middle six that way. Uh, especially, especially when you start talking about Wood and Colton as a second line. I think that's where the Drew and conversation comes in. And I want to get back to that, but I want to stick with Rijo for a second because 
When you look at Ryan Johansson's career, at least when it comes to his goal scoring, I know there's a lot of facilitating that you want more out of him from there too, but he's made a career of scoring his goals by being the guy in the right place at the right time. Now, as Eric would say, that is doing a good job of going to Pizza Hut, <laughs> but Pizza Hut isn't behind the net. It isn't digging out those pucks. It isn't doing some of that work that you've become accustomed to from a lot of the Avs staple depth players. And I, I do hope, I do believe even that the Avs can find a fit for Rijo. But the question is, you've given him certainly more runway than someone like Tatar. How much runway does he have until the Avs have to seriously consider another option? Well, more runway because he takes face-offs, right? I mean, that's and he, a, he is great in the face-off really circle. Good. Uh, you know, he can play on the top unit on the PP, which he has, and he's produced, right? I mean, uh, you know, what does he have? Two ten goals, goals is not a is nothing to scoff eight, at. Does he yeah. have eight power play goals or it, I, it's, is it that many? I, I think it's a like seven or six. I think it's, he's got I mean, three it's or up four there, at five right? on five. Yeah, sure. But, but yes, yeah. I mean, there. The, here's the way I look at it. I come from a different system, like I. For me, I don't have a one, two, three, four, I, and I don't. Maybe that's the player talking here, you know, because it's like you don't want to pigeonhole yourself as, oh, I'm a fourth line or I'm a pigeon. You know what I mean? Like, you know, <laughs> sure. And it's more like you got your superstars. When we all know who they are with the abs. Yeah. And for me, I got nothing against Ryan Johansson. I think he's been okay. Okay, you know. Yeah. But he brings what we just talked about, the face-offs, brings the, the power play. He does play occasionally on... On the PK because of face-offs. Don't love uh, it, but he does. That, yeah, that's right. You know, Your options brings, are Freddie Olofsson. He's got, he's got size. Can't win a face-off yeah. or only wins face-offs. He's got, he's got size, you know, so there's that. Oh, he's got experience. Nice person. Yeah. You know? um, I flip it on that, and I go, I'm in love with Ross Colton. Oh, and totally. That, you know, for me... Uh, and I'm in love. Actually, I'll, I'll rephrase that. I'm in love with Ross Colton slash Miles Wood. I, I think those two together. And again, forget about Logan. We all love Logan. I love Logan. Wherever he goes, he plays on the fourth line. He's awesome. He plays on top line. He's awesome. He plays on the second line. He's awesome. It's a guy who knows exactly what he is. He's yeah. becoming the new JT Comfort. I'm talking about uh, Bednar. You know, yeah. like it's it's security confidence, blanket. security yep. blanket. It's yep. awesome. Forget about Logan. He's awesome. We're not even talking about him. He's he, You plug him anywhere you want. It's great. Well, I'm in love, me personally. This first 30 games, if you're asking me what is it, the revelation, it's it's that duo of Colton Wood. Hey, I'm not that dumb. I love superstars. I played with superstars. I, they, they make you in. I've always told you. You know, it's fun to play with superstars because they're special. You know? I love superstars. Avalanche 1.0, Forsberg, Sackick. Now it's Ranton and Makar, and Nate. But I tell you one thing: when Ross Colton and freaking Miles would get on the, I, my, I, I do this. I adjust my seat, and I'm like, all right, here we go. We're going here. You know what I mean? Because it's awesome. We were talking great. about on the screen there. You know, McKinney. Go. I get excited when those two get out there. And for all the reasons, there's chaos, there's absolute mayhem. I mean, they're just going all out. There is no lack of effort. They've been producing now. They're, they're scoring big goals. They bring intensity. They bring life. They bring, it's so infectious to a bench. And it's fun. You know what I mean? And, and so for me, 
second, third, fourth, whatever it is. It's you got your top end guys. They're going to get their 25 minutes. Of course. Whatever it is. With all the reasons. Because if they don't, then they'll be busy. And you want to make sure that these guys aren't busy. And they deliver. And our guys produce. They do. Right? I mean, McKenna and Ranton, they produce. They're at the top of the league every year. Um, but the other guys, let them fight for it. I got no problem if Wood and Colton and they end up near 20 or 18 minutes. That's awesome. They deserved it. And I, and I agree. I, it doesn't have to be where, oh, yeah, but the other guys have 11 minutes. Well, so be it, man. You want to play, do something. And I always talk about Curtis McDermott. And, you know, anyone can argue with me. I got no problem. Dermy this year when he's been in the lineup, when he played those three minutes, he had effective three minutes. He scored big goals. He's, uh, even the other day, he, he has a great shift. He makes a hit. They chase him down. They take a penalty on him. The abs end up, I believe, scoring on that power play. Do your job. Be a factor in the minutes you're given. If it's three minutes, then it's three minutes. If it's 15 minutes, then it's 15 minutes. But those 15 minutes better be freaking flying, though. And it's the same thing with those three minutes. So I like what they're doing right now. I like the fact that they're missing Lekkonen. That's a big piece. It, it just slots people where they're supposed to be, right, when he comes yep. back. So forget about Gabe. We'll deal with Gabe when he comes back. You know, He's got to come back. We all know that. <laughs> we'll deal with them at that time. But in the meantime, I think they stick to that tomorrow. I think they stick to what got them. How long? I don't know. And... But he must be doing something right with his line combinations because every time they've had injuries the last few years, yes, they've gotten cold tending at that time. Yes, they've gotten... But somewhere, somehow, they get production and they win games, even though they're not always in the same lineup. But we make fun of the Blednar and everything, yeah. and I think it's awesome. And I like that. I'm a player. I love it because I know that if I'm going, I'm going to have to tap in the back, and maybe I'm going with... You know how luxurious it is? <laughs> to go play with Nate McKinnon or Kale McCarr. Like, are you kidding me? You get the tap, it's like, oh, oh yeah, I'm ready to go. You got to be yourself. You can't change your game. Right until Kale throws it into his own net. Well, go on, then, <laughs> then you tell Kale, it's my fault. It's my fault. It's I my know fault. you put it in your own net, but it's my fault. You know what I mean? So it's a luxury to be able to to play with those guys. And, and then you get a little more cookie. You know, it goes back to food all the time. You get, you want the cookie. You want to get tapped in the back. And, yeah. And go so I love the way that they do things. And to your original question of how much runway does someone like Ryan Johansson yeah. have, I think it's more so how much runway can we give Ross Colton to see if he could be a second line center. That is my exact that next question. Is sort yep. of how I view the answer to that question is I am actually willing to be quite patient to see what Ross Colton can do on the second line. It's not even something that they have to fully commit to, but mm -hmm. I think they need to give it a chance. I could really see Arturi Lekkonen fitting in with Colton and Wood, yep. and Logan O'Connor can just then elevate the third line in a different way. They go. could just restructure the bottom six, but wherever Logan O'Connor goes in there, it's going to be made better. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. Lekkonen will be such a natural fit, honestly, along Colton and Wood. And I look at the way they create yesterday, and it's utilizing their speed. Yep. It's not totally just opportunistic it also required speed and skill from colton and wood specifically to make that goal possible and i think that is what has been missing from the second line so far it's been speed and so whether it's some because you know i don't know where druin goes um in that equation sure, to then but it's only going to make things better because I, I think that 
Like I know where Drew goes. Give him O'Connor. He'll make it better. Yeah, give give <laughs> Drew and O'Connor a line, and then is I don't it, care. It is it Johansson, sure. Drew, and O'Connor? Sure. Because then you've got a worker. Yep. You've got some speed, and you've got Ryan Johansson to win you face offs. I'm just kidding. That's not the only <laughs> thing that he's. That's not the only thing that he provides. Oh, but, but Logan's got speed for a guy like O'Connor. I mean, uh, uh, Ryan Johansson. He's got the speed and the work. Could be a fit there. The question is. What does it look like when you really put it together and let it go? And the Avs just haven't really been able to do that, I would argue, all season with Ryan Johansson. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I hate to use the, you have to just wait until Lekkonen gets back and then we'll see. But there is some of that in this conversation. It's a big piece of why the question of the pod, you know, how do we feel about the Avs at this point in the yep. season Arturi Lekkonen is the biggest part in all of that. I yep. feel great about the Avs when Arturi Lekkonen returns. Same, to be honest. And I feel great, too, if we're going to talk about the back end and when Sammy's there. I, I yep. just feel great when Sammy's there. I do. You know what I mean? And It, it, it does feel like a piece like Arturi Lekkonen turns what I'm going to call fluidity out of necessity into flexibility out of convenience. We One extra guy, and all of a sudden, you put guys where you want to put them instead of, well, we just need to make a second line that functions yeah. until we get there. It's a big difference. Uh, but uh, it's just to get back to Wood for a second. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Like, I'm watching him yesterday. I'm dying. He's forechecking. He lost a glove. Then he's coming back. His straps <laughs> over. And then I, I, I think he lost an eyebrow forechecking. He lost an eyebrow. Just, I think he lost a tooth. <laughs> I'm kidding. I know he's missing a tooth. But uh, it's just a mess. I love it. It's a hot mess. You know what I mean? Like, And it's just like, oh, we're coming at you. And that's what the Avs were missing. That's what the Avs last year were missing. Yep. In that playoff series, uh, you got to remember, you're losing the momentum in a game. All of a sudden, you're flat, and, and you're getting eaten a little bit, like with with the underlines or whatever you guys look at that is so fun to, to listen to you guys. And, and they're <laughs> You like, sure we don't put you to sleep? No, no, I love that <laughs> shit. You know? um, so, but then you look at it five, six shifts in a row, and you're like, oh, you need something. I always say run the goalie, right? And when I say that, it's an, it's an expression. No, you mean it. No, it's an expression. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you got to create something. Those guys do. And that's why rarely the abs are sleeping for a full game. Uh, yep. Maybe like you know, Winnipeg or Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh are probably their worst. There have been a few There's games. There's been a few but games, but rarely it happens because guys like that, they gain the momentum back, and they get going, and I love it. And I just, the more the better for me. Now, do I, should, they, should they skate? Should they play for 25 minutes a night? No, then you're stupid, <laughs> right? And I don't think Ben are stupid. I don't think Ray Bennett's stupid. I don't think, you know, Prater's stupid. But just enough is good. And I think a dozen minutes, those guys, is not enough. I think those guys can take on more. You know what I mean? Where, you know, consistently at 17, 17 18 minutes tonight, I got no problem with that. Yeah. It, certainly, if it looks like it did the other night, yeah. it's, uh, it's going to be good. Uh, on that note, we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Maybe have a couple and then come up with your own avalanche roster ideas. Uh, always a good time to, to mix and match a little bit, particularly with the Avs forward core. Uh, Breck Brew has eight different kinds of beer on tap here at the bar, or you can find it at your local liquor store. Use the Breck Beer Locator online at breckbrew.com. And then if you have experienced Miles Wood or <laughs> something similar to Miles Wood Breck. on the roads. Taking your eyebrow yeah. off. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Call 222-2222 today. 
Get a hold of Boxes and Shanker. You can also go to coloradolaw.net and get a free consultation for any situation where you've been injured and are not at fault, whether that is in a car accident or if it happened at work or just walking down the street. And uh, I almost got run over by a scooter the other night. It almost happened. So dodge that one. Uh, It was it was a sketchy, sketchy situation. Thankfully, I don't have to call Boxes and Shanker. But if you do, they will take on your case and you pay them nothing up front. They don't get paid until you get paid. So get over with them. They've won over a billion dollars for their clients over the 25 years they've been doing this. So you'll get paid. Uh, call Bacchus and Shanker at the two number. Bacchus and Shanker wins. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. Uh, let's talk about the D because obviously there is a similar conversations to what you're having with Lekin in, in the forward court or what you're having with Sam Gerrard mm-hmm. on the defensive side. He is at some point, presumably going to come back and help stabilize that defense. But until you get there, obviously, Kale McCarr in and out of the lineup, that's hard to judge. You kind of just have to deal with that on a night-to-night basis. But how do you stabilize this Avs decor as it is when you're talking about a Byram who's been a bit up and down at times, when you have a a bottom pairing that it on any given night, it could be Malinsky, it could be Jones, it could be Jack Johnson. Who knows who's fitting in there? Is it good enough? Is there something you can see that can be improved? Is there something you'd like to try? I'll jump in first. Like, I think they've been good. You know what I mean? I, I again, they're they're closely leading the league and. In points, right, by defensemen. I think they, they are, are leading, they are, leading are, in goals. I'm not sure about goal, points. Montreal yeah. was right there, too. All right, whatever. If I remember the stat, that was a couple games ago. So they've done some right. They've done some things right. They got Kale McCarr. Um, can't ask much more from Kale, right? Yeah, that little stretch there. Now he's injured, but Devontae's had a great season. You know, he is what he is. He's yep. a stabilizer <laughs> back there. Uh, I don't think you can ask much more out of Jack Johnson. Like, I, I think he is what he is. Oh, but, yeah. I think he's been what he's supposed to be. What, what I mean, I don't think they expect him to be Kale McGar. You know what I mean? So, um, I think Josh Manson's coming on. I think he's had some better games when he's physical. He he changes games around. He didn't have training camp really. He didn't have last year. He, he when you play that style of game, it takes a little bit longer. Um, he is a force when he wants to. Still, his feet right now are, you know, sometimes a little tough. And that's, you know, he's getting back to the pace and after missing so much time. But, um, and he brings that physicality. Uh, Sammy is a big hole. You know what I mean? Like, uh, Sammy is a hole. Uh, I, I know people like to criticize him. And uh, he, he's, an, he's an outstanding NHL player that 32 teams would take. I love him personally. Um, I do. As a player, as a human being, I think he's awesome. Fellow Quebecer, awesome. Good kid. Um, wishing nothing but the best. And, you know, this is the holiday season. Hopefully he's doing awesome. I'm sure he's doing awesome. I'm sure we're going to see him back, and he'll be better than ever, and he'll be clear-minded and everything. So it's going to be awesome. So, But with that said, that's given the opportunity for Malinsky. That's given the opportunity, uh, you know, for Caleb Jones. Yep. Uh, that's up and down, right? You know, good game, bad game. But I'll, I'll defend Caleb Jones as you go for a week or so without playing. Yeah. It's hard. People don't realize that. You don't play. Your brain, it, practice is not the same thing. And game is, is totally different. And, and it's hard. And he's trying to be a pro about it and make sure he's ready to go when called upon. And 
Uh, and it's the same thing for a game, right? You go at spurts of time, you don't play a lot, you got to be ready to go, you know, because coaches will come to you. That was a horrible shift. You're going to tell them, well, I'm sorry, coach. I, I hadn't been out there in 16 minutes, you know. <laughs> they don't give a shit. They don't. I mean, like, you know, you got to do your job. Yep. And you got to be ready for that. Um, now, as a whole, do I think that they'll do something? They probably would do something, you know, as he, as he gets closer to the deadline and add a little bit of depth and, you know. Um, would I like more from Bo Byron? Yes. You know what I mean? Especially when I see games, we talked about it, games like Kale's not going to be there. I just wish he would elevate his game, you know, to show that he can be a bigger part of this team. And again, then I go back and I'm like, man, he's, what is he, 22 years old? Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a baby. <laughs> he's three years younger than Sam Malinsky. And, 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 and again, it's all relative. Um, yep. So do I, do I like what I've seen? Yes. Do I think there's room for improvement? Yes. Uh, do I think they'll do something about it? Especially, I mean, I'm expecting Sammy to come back at some point. Of course. You know? But even with that, do I think they would do something? Yes. I think they would. I've never felt better about their defensive depth depth at five, six, seven. What I'm struggling with is three and four. Because yeah. I think Sammy G is a huge part in the three and four mm-hmm. equation. And I am confident he'll yeah. return too. The issue that worries me is both Manson and McCarr at no point this season being at a hundred percent health. Yep. Even now when we're seeing Manson's game on the rise, he's still not at a hundred percent. And because these are kind of lingering things. I trust that they are professionals who will work through as much as they can to the best of their ability. But I also worry about how that ages deep into a playoff run. And so that is where I'm looking at one, two, three, and four as being the most dire need because I trust Caleb Jones and I trust Sam Malinsky more than I ever did Andreas Englund or Keaton Middleton. And to a different extent, Brad Hunt. I like Brad Hunt a lot. Because I think the mistakes that are getting made aren't so different from mistakes we would see from any of those players I just mentioned, but the upside is so much higher. There is a higher skill upside that excites me, and I I love it. Same goes for Jack Johnson, too. I think as 5'6 goes, he's fine there. If he even was in a 5'6 in a 7th place, I'd maybe even feel comfortable with that. He's a veteran presence, and I think that having him work alongside Jones and Malinsky where he has has been useful for them, too just because you can learn a lot from Jack Johnson. He's been around a long time. He could teach those players a lot. So the concern then is I just don't feel comfortable, though, in those options for any of them to ascend to three and four if they needed to. If a Manson or McCarr wasn't available, I don't quite have that same level of trust that they could take on that much responsibility. And yep. I'm excited to see Malinsky get rewarded with a little more ice time than I'm used to seeing young players this new to the league get. Yep. And I think he's doing a great job of it. So I won't totally rule him out, but that's where I think it's especially important for Byram to really continue to dig deep because I see the frustration he has with where he's at right now. I think he's working through it similar to what we just saw Miko Rantanen come out the other end of. I think that's what Byron's trying to do right now. And so that's where a little bit of the concern lies is the depth is so good. It's just this specific area of the decor that I have a little bit of concern where I could see them targeting somebody that could be a three or a four in yep. case they needed it. And I think that depends on the outlook for Makar and Manson more than anything, because I do feel good that Sammy G will return. Yeah, and he's a huge piece in all of that. Absolutely. Like You get Sammy G back and you pretty quickly feel like you're going from you need a three and a four to maybe you just need a four. Yeah. 
A hundred percent. And it, it is interesting. I'm not going to try and tell you that injuries happening are a good thing. But we've talked a little bit about how, you know what, Arturi Lekin came out of the lineup and that opened up a pathway for Jonathan Druin to get to where sure. he's gotten over the last 20 games. That opportunity is the path that Sam Malinsky is trying to walk without Sam Gerrard currently in the lineup. Now, Sam Malinsky doesn't have the NHL track record. Your expectations are far lower than anything you might have for Jonathan Druin. But because of that, I think you're talking about, hey, maybe Malinsky earns that job and bumps a Jack Johnson to a seven. And you feel even better about that part of your lineup. Yes. So not saying injuries are good, but for them to happen in December, for them to not be these massive earth shattering ones, you can take some positives out of the situation if you're the Colorado Avalanche. They create Which is opportunities. Also why they could rest Kale McCarr through Christmas. I would have no to. problem if they chose to do that, honestly. If he's not a hundred percent, why push it? Right. Keep him keep him ready for playoffs. Yep. That's where it's gonna matter to the Colorado Avalanche. They've made no secret about that. Uh, they know they know April is where it really starts. Uh, even if you would like them to play a little bit better at times through the regular season so far. So, we expect the same lineup going into tomorrow against Chicago. Obviously hopeful that it can continue to produce. But, is there still room for more opportunity here? Can you get a Ben Myers back into a lineup? Can you give more opportunity to... Take your pick of who you like, whether it's uh, Freddie Olofsson, whether it's Dermy, Sam Malinsky, Curtis McDermott. Sure. Is there is there room for other people to start earning jobs or start earning bigger jobs beyond the people we've talked about already? I think you'll see Ben Myers this week again, right? I mean, and that's he had a big game the other day. Then he had an okay game, right? Mm -hmm. You know? Um, I expect him to be back in the lineup this week uh, in my book. I don't think you've seen the end of Riley Tufty. Um, probably not. Think, probably not, you yeah. know. Um, and then here's what I expect this week, and, and I, I'm sure we're going to talk about it right after, but I just don't want to forget it. I'm a big Georgia fan. Has he been good lately? No. Uh, is there much better in the tank? Yes here's what I would like for him to do this week is run the table. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm talking about run the table two and under every game. Be there at the right time. There's times, as you know, you and I laugh about it every game. There'll be a span of 10, 12 minutes. You don't get a shot. It, it happens every game. Yep. That's how good the abs are. Uh, but that sometimes is not the easiest thing for a goaltender. So I want him to, you know, he got out of Chateau Bow Wow yesterday, right? <laughs> the doghouse. Mm -hmm. He's he's back to he's back in. I'm sure he's gonna get the start tomorrow, and then run with it, you know, at least till Christmas. You know, th those are teams that we talked about it. You should beat. You want to beat, and then you go into the break feeling good about yourself, starting from the the goaltending position to the back end, to the forwards, and then going from there. So I think that's a big week this week uh, for the Avalanche mentally. You know, I think it's a big, big week. With you? 
thinking about it. Yeah. yeah. Like, I don't know if there's any jobs really ripe for the taking. And it's only it's only because Ben Myers really has to be better than Freddie Olofsson. That's right. And yep. Ben Myers has to be better than Kiviranta. That's right. And the thing that Olofsson and Kiviranta have ahead of Ben Myers is the penalty kill. Mm-hmm. And they have to be careful then how they balance who's going out of the lineup, who's coming in to make sure that that unit is covered. And I still think there's a lot of upside for Ben Myers. Obviously, he scores in his first call up this yeah. year yeah. that you're not necessarily getting from Kiviranta or Olofsson, but they also have contributed some goals. So yep. it's really hard to say if that's totally right for the taking, but it's like Eric said earlier in the show about when you get presented an opportunity, you have to seize it. That's what's that's what's there for Ben Myers is he will probably get seldom but opportunity and he has to really seize it then when he gets it because it's not like the spots are totally up for grabs. And his is short, right? You know, his opportunity short. might be short, right? And then yes. somebody asked him that question, Ben Nair, Thomas Tatar, like, you know, five, six, seven games ago. Is his leash longer? Of course. The guy's played seven, you know, 700 games in the edge. Of course. So it's all relative. Right. But it's up to Ben, and I'll give you the floor again, like, it's up to Ben to seize it. Yep. And, and I don't care if it's one shift. That's my point all the time that I say. And I learned that back then. Yeah. Crawford was unreal about that. It's like, if I'm asking you to play one shift, it better be the best shift of your life. <laughs> and that's the situation you're in. So Ben needs to be on top of his game every minute that he's on the ice because his leash is shorter. Yeah. It is shorter than Kiviranta right now. Kiviranta's got more experience. It is shorter than... Uh, uh, what's his name, uh, Freddie, because mm-hmm. he does have that, you know, PK and all that stuff that we're talking about. So he has to distinguish himself where he just has to come in and just jump on it, you know? Yeah, I. you have to understand these jobs are earned over the course of months, not one or two games. That's it. And we're starting to get to that portion of the season where, okay, they're a couple months in. Now you're starting to look at more than just training camp reactions, things that made Freddie Olofsson make the team in the first place. Mm -hmm. But it's still Freddie Olofsson's spot to lose as far as that center job. Um, On the the goaltender side, pretty quick here. I don't have a ton to say about it uh, because the Avs seem comfortable to run with Georgiev and Prozatov. I know uh, certainly uh, us on this podcast aren't in love with Prozatov at times. But at the same time, certainly for myself, I think ultimately trade capital and cap space would be better spent on improving other positions in the Avs lineup. You know what really throws a wrench in things? Is Yusuf in and being hurt right now. Yep. I would have loved to see what he could have done, maybe getting some looks this time of year. I feel mm-hmm. like this would maybe be the time that they can afford to give him some. And I feel like, and I'm not certain of this, but... Antiranta getting reassigned. Yeah, and he cleared. Doesn't he go to the Eagles? Uh, yes. No, I think he went to Chicago. He went to Chicago. Yeah. Oh, it would have been much more fun if he went to the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> he went to Chicago. Wolves. Too bad. <laughs> I'm gonna. Because <laughs> then it would have cleared up opportunity. Like just call yep. up uses. They've yep. got Antiranta right. net, but yeah. it's not so easy anymore. That's Tough the, look on that one. Well, with Carolina's messed up, yeah, system. Yep. Meaning like. No, it's, yeah, it's weird. No. Oh, yeah, yep. it's definitely Chicago. Bummer. Oh, well. Uh, on that note, we are brought to you by Kind Love. Uh, if you need to help getting some high ideas for the Avalanche roster, 
Yeah. That's where Kind Love comes in, whether it's their turbo <laughs> joints or any of their other products. You can get 25% off when you mention code DNVR in store, or you can go to kindlove.com and see their full ordering menu online. Go check them out either way. We love them over there. A uh, bunch of amazing products, whether it's their topicals, their flower, or any other things you might need. Uh, a bunch of locations here in Colorado, and they're one of the OGs here. So go get your Kind Love today. Uh, any final thoughts, anything you guys wanted to touch on before we are out of here for the day? Nope. Nope. All right. We appreciate y'all hanging out with us. We will be back tomorrow with the abs game, pregame, watch along post game. We got it all covered for you. Tune in for that. Like, and subscribe here on YouTube. That helps us out a ton. We will see you on the next one. Y'all city like the mayor. 